Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. So why are these seemingly alternate realities a problem? Uh, you know, the alternate realities are real. There's a real world we live in now where things like three plus three equals six are very real. And there's an alternate reality other people live in. Sadly, a majority of those people, liberals and anti-Trump lunatics. But why is that? Right. There has to be a reason that is. It's not just happening because, you know, there are some people who are not that bright. Listen, there are people who are not that bright, sadly, all across the political aisle. And then there are very smart people who are conservatives and liberals. So why is it that the majority of not so bright people living in an alternate reality are on the liberal side? I'm going to explain that today in light of a new story that came out yesterday. Another blockbuster by Project Veritas opening the doors on how Facebook helps create this alternate realities where a lot of IQ, low IQ liberals tend to reside. Today's show brought to you by ExpressVPN. Your data, it's your business. Secure your data. Get a VPN. Go to expressvpn.com slash Bongino. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Um, I can't get this out of my mind. Since yesterday when I played that clip of Brian Stelter from CNN claiming that it's Republicans that live in an alternate reality. So today we're going to walk through it step by step. I'm going to show you how the media creates the alternate reality, politicians create an alternate reality, how fake book and social media creates an alternate reality. And then again, I'm going to show you how fact checkers chip in. And then we got a Ron DeSantis strikes again. Some breaking news from my interview yesterday with Trump. A loaded show. Let's get right to it. Today's show brought to you by ExpressVPN. Look, it doesn't matter what your politics are or who you voted for. Everyone should have the right to express themselves freely, right? Sadly, the big tech monopoly doesn't agree. They've opted for silencing tactics and censorship. To fight back against big tech's control of the internet, I use ExpressVPN. You ever wondered how free to access tech giants make their money? Well, they track your searches, video history, and everything you click on. They build a profile on you, and then they sell your sensitive data. When you use the ExpressVPN app on your phone or your computer, you anonymize much of your online presence by hiding your IP address. It makes your activity difficult to trace and sell to advertisers. What's even better, ExpressVPN encrypts 100% of your network data to protect you from eavesdroppers and cyber criminals. What I like most is it's super easy. It takes just one click to protect all your devices. That's why ExpressVPN is rated number one by CNET and Wired. Revoke big tech's right to your data. Secure your internet with the VPN I trust for online protection. Go to expressvpn.com slash Bongino. That's expressvpn.com slash Bongino to get three extra months free with my exclusive link expressvpn.com slash Bongino right now to learn more. All right, Joe, let's go. All right. <laughs> Stay tuned also for the clips from the Trump interview, Donald Trump interview yesterday on my radio show. I got a few brief ones. He got to the UFO thing. I had to ask. Sorry, some of you wanted me, some of you didn't want me to ask, but I had to ask it also on the re-election, potential uh, re-election of, of President Trump in 2024. I got to that too. Um, first, Folks, this alternate reality thing's been on my mind since yesterday because it's going to be very difficult to move forward as a country. If we have two separate groups of people that can't agree on common facts, can we all agree on that? Can we at least agree that facts should be facts and we can make decisions based on these facts, right? That should be the way, um, you know, journalists who should be the 10th man, if you watch yesterday's show, they should be presenting a common set of facts we all agree on. The number of people in a room, the number of what a tax rate is. These are facts. You can look at tax tables. You can count the number of folks in a room. Trying to think of other facts, whether there's a lab in Wuhan that, that uh, is studying coronaviruses, whether a funding mechanism to fund coronaviruses, if that's real, we can look at the funding mechanism in the government. We have to agree on a common set of facts, but we don't. What's really hilarious about it is, again, I played this clip yesterday. This is just a short cut from it, though. This was Brian Stelter on his show, Unreliable Sources, this week. And again, claiming that it's the Republican Party and conservatives who are somehow responsible for this alternate universe people live in. Check this out. You said the state of American democracy is, uh, well, it's even worse than you think. So how should the reality-based press cover an alternative reality GOP? I mean, folks, this is 
is almost comical. I don't want to pile on this guy again today. He got enough of it yesterday, and it gets tiresome after a while dealing with these individuals. But is that really the problem? I mean, again, if we're going to agree on facts, right, is it a fact that the GOP lives in a different reality and isn't ba- that alternate reality is not based in fact and that the media is telling us the truth, or is it not? And if that's the case, that the media is telling us the truth and all of us crazy conservatives live in an alternate reality, then why is it that we keep getting stories right and they keep getting stories wrong? I'm just asking. I'm just asking. Why is that? That factually, conservatives keep getting stories right and the media that's supposed to tell us the facts keeps getting the facts wrong. Well, it's not just the media. Politicians are contributing to this alternate reality that large swaths of the country live in. They live in a reality that's not real, so therefore it's not reality. One of those alternate realities was the defund the police movement was going to lead somehow to a better situation for public safety because police were the real public safety threat. We were told that, what, thousands of times by liberal activists and lunatics like AOC, Bernie Sanders, Ayanna Presley, Ilhan Omar, the squad, the pro-Hamas, uh, pro-terror squad. It's a pro-terror group, the Hamas squad. We were told by them that the police, folks, this is the, please, this is the alternate reality the liberal lunatic crowd lives in. The police are the public safety problem, not the bad guys. If we just defenestrated and defunded the police, the situation for public safety, our collective well-being would be far better up. Well, again, if the media is right and liberals are right and we're all wrong, then why do we keep getting it right? The Blaze, story in my newsletter today. Bongino.com slash newsletter. Please subscribe. Check it out. Minneapolis mayor, a leftist, admits that calls to defund the police led to a spike in crime. Folks, again, this headline, there's nothing about this headline shocking to the audience listening to my show because you're all intelligent people. So why are we talking about it? Because if we don't diagnose how we got here, ladies and gentlemen, and the lies that led to this point, we'll never be able to prevent an alternate reality from developing in the future through media misinformation and disinformation. Is that making sense? I'm not just doing these shows to poke fun at easy targets like Stelter. It's just easy. He's just a clown. I get that. I'm doing this because we have a legitimate disinformation and misinformation problem in this country where large swaths of the country believe things that aren't true. And if we don't reverse autopsy or autopsy, what happened and how we got there and how the media died, we'll never know how to stop it. So why did we believe things like this? Why did we believe that the police were the problem? Why did we, who who let us, I mean, who led us down this path? Well, it's a constant litany of misinformation. Here's a new one today I just saw. Wall Street Journal, Heather McDonald, great opinion piece in their opinion column today. A year after George Floyd's murder, it's open season in Minneapolis. Homicides have more than doubled in a year. Three children, children, listen, three children have been shot in the past month. So how did we get to a point where we let the media and liberals create an alternate reality where police were the problem? Well, they told you lies, ladies and gentlemen. They told you lies like police were targeting black men, assassinating them, hunting them down in the street. And those lies led politicians, of course, through their media allies, to call for things like defunding the police. And then what happened? Ladies and gentlemen, what happened? People died. Crime exploded. It's right here. Wall Street Journal opinion piece. Quote, Minneapolis homicides between January 1st and last week were up 108% compared with the same period in 2020. Shootings were up 153%, carjackings 222%. The crime increase began after George Floyd's death and has never let up. Ladies and gentlemen, 19 children have been shot in this time frame. 19. Ever see a kid like that? I was a cop. I had to see that. I was a police officer in the streets. I, I, had, to, I had to see that. You ever see that? 
You see what that looks like? How it goes in, how it comes out, those rounds. You ever see that? See that happening to a kid? To the liberals listening and the media people who contributed to the alternate reality where police are the public safety problem. And then in turn attacked the Minneapolis Police Department. That led to an explosion in crime and children shot and dead. I want you to know you did this. Listen to me. You did this. You did this. That blood is on your hands. Now, why is it allowed to continue? Because again, in an alternate reality, they still have to lie to you. The initial lie, the big lie here, yes, the big lie, was the police or the public safety problem. We need to get rid of them. Then what happens? Children are killed and shot. Adults are shot and killed. Crime goes through the roof because you have no police and the police you have are under attack. So what do liberals do? They lie again to create it within the alternate reality where police are the problem, a sub-level B alternate reality within the initial alternate reality. You doubt me? Once the liberals figured out that smart people, because there are even some smart people on the left, um, all the dopey ones are the radical leftists, but some smart people on the left living in Minneapolis were like, we defunded the police and tried to, or tried to defund the police, and what happened? Crime exploded. They're probably linked. Probably a good guess, no? So then when crime exploded, they had to develop a sub-reality. So they said, what do we do now? Liberals are sitting around a table with their media buddies who are liars, liars, liars. They're sitting around a table and they're like, what do we say now? We can't say we screwed up because we're liars. We're frauds and we're fakes. What do we do? Let's make up another story. Let's blame the lockdowns on the crime rate. And everybody, of course, sits around the table because they're all liars and their media friends are like, that's a great idea. The verdict is in. That's a great idea. Well, Heather McDonald's all over that. Quote from the Heather McDonald piece. She says the media and Democratic politicians attributed the crime increase to the pandemic and the shutdowns. But there's a problem with that, folks. The violent surge of 2020 began only after the George Floyd riots. George Floyd riots. More than two months after the COVID devastated the economy. Also, no industrialized country saw anything comparable. Crime dropped in the UK and Canada where lockdowns were more severe than here in the United States. You see what they did there? Do you see how if you are a liberal pushing this with your media friends at alternate reality, cops are the problem, attack the cops, crime explodes, make up another lie that crime exploded because of the lockdowns. They had lockdowns all over the world. Why did crime only explode in places here where liberals were in charge and started attacking the police? Oh, it was definitely the lockdowns. Yeah, but it only began two months after the lockdown started. Why is that? And after the Floyd incident, when the riots started. They are liars. These people are lying to you all the time, every day. You are waking up every morning in this liberal bubble of stupid. You are waking up with a set of alternate facts that are not real. Police were never the problem. When you attacked them, you created death and destruction and carnage and blood on your hands. And then when you did it, instead of correcting your mistake, you lied about it again and blamed the lockdowns knowing full well the data and evidence did not back any of that up. You just made all that up. Unfortunately, folks, it's not just politicians like the defund the police terrorist supporting squad in Congress. The Minneapolis mayor, who, who in the beginning initially tried to kind of speak out against defund the police, but did a terrible job. It's not just politicians contributing to this alternate reality. There are social media companies and big tech titans who are contributing to this alternate reality, too, by acting like the Soviet tyrants they are. Here's how Facebook contributes to this alternate reality. James O'Keefe, Project Ver Project Veritas strikes again. Strikes again, ladies and gentlemen. James O'Keefe's group has been all over this stuff from the start. Project Veritas got a Facebook insider to give them some information. 
Facebook, apparently, you know, I mean, you know, Facebook silences conservatives. It's obvious. I know I, I why liberals watch my show. I, they're obsessed with me. It's actually quite bizarre. Um, they have this. I'm not kidding, folks. They have this freaky obsession with me. I don't watch or care about their stuff at all because it's boring and I don't listen to lies. They watch my stuff all day. It's really weird. They're obsessed with my show. I get it. It's just freaky. But Project Veritas, James O'Keefe was on uh, 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 Hannity last night. And they got an insider to talk about how Facebook, because I know what they're going to say. I'm sorry, I actually lost my thought there for a second. The liberals are going to say, oh, Dan Bongino, your page is number one on Facebook on any given day. Again, folks, for the umpteenth thousandth time, that's because people who follow my page share my stuff. It's not Facebook helping me. That's called freedom of speech and communication, not the constitutional freedom of speech, just freedom in the word that people go on Facebook, like my stuff and hit the share button. I know that bothers you that people enjoy my stuff. I get it because you're sicko losers. I get that. But that has nothing to do with Facebook helping me like they try to help destroy my page when they sick dopey fact checkers on me. But Facebook hates us all. Facebook can't stand us. Fake book, if you dare question the vaccine, dare question the vaccine at all, anything about it, side effects, anything about the vaccine, what an actual scientist and media person would do, they would ask questions like, are we sure it's safe? How do we know that? Are there side effects? Are these side effects serious? Are they low likelihood, high likelihood? You know the things scientists do. Apparently on fake book, you're not allowed to do that. Check out this video of James O'Keefe last night on Hannity. What a Facebook insider told them about vaccine hesitancy scores and algorithm switches. Check this out. Thanks, Sean. We've had two whistleblowers within Facebook on the, uh, come to us and leak us these documents uh, regarding vaccine hesitancy. What does that mean? Essentially, Facebook has beta tested this, these algorithms. 1.5% uh, of their almost 3 billion users have, are getting a tiered ranking system, something called vaccine hesitancy, tier one and tier two. Tier one is alarmist and critis, critical marks about COVID and the vaccine, and tier two is something called indirect vaccine discouragement. Now, what's remarkable about these private documents that Facebook has not wanted you to see until tonight is that tier two says that even if the facts are true, that you will be targeted and demoted your comments will be targeted and demoted, Sean. Vaccine hesitancy score tiering system at Facebook. Um, these whistleblowers have given Project Veritas these documents and spoken to us in the shadows. It's a 20 minute long video online. The documents are on our website. And uh, Sean, after we published this report, we reached out to Facebook. They've actually given us a comment. I'm gonna read it to you. It says, quote, Facebook has responded to Project Veritas for the first time. There you go. You dare to go on a social, social media, social, meaning you could share it socially. If you dare to go on there and do what media representatives used to do and question everything. I had a bumper sticker on my car when I was younger, question authority. You would think every media representative would have that bumper sticker or have that tattooed on them somehow or actually practice that, that line, question authority. That's what we're supposed to do, right? But apparently, if you do that on Facebook, the media outside of Project Veritas isn't calling out Facebook. And apparently, this Facebook insider is, if, if the information turns out to be accurate, that they're using this kind of a scoring system to make sure you don't dare question the vaccine. Ladies and gentlemen, are vaccines generally safe? I believe so. You don't have to believe so. I do. That's called an opinion. It's an opinion I based on some science I've looked at. You can you have, ladies and gentlemen, it is your opinion. I respect and value your opinion. All I ask is that we agree on a common set of facts. But have medications, vaccines and other, uh, you know, medications and other things like that, medicinal treatments, proved over the years after first being widely accepted to be dangerous and the media called it out and we had an honest media? Oh, yeah. Remember thalidomide babies? That was a that was a drug given out to pregnant women. Remember that? Don't worry, it's perfectly safe. Turns out had some issues. Are we not allowed to do that?
Now do you see where I'm going, how all of this entire ecosystem of people, I talked about it yesterday, I'm going to talk about it again today. Media, left-leaning politicians, liberal lunatics and activists, social media groups, fake fact-checkers, all contribute to an alternate reality liberals live in. And how they get there is easy to diagnose when you understand and walk through step-by-step. They were told cops are the problem. They attacked the cops. Led to a crime situation. What did they do? They lied again. Blamed it on the lockdowns. If this vaccine later, if it turns out not to be safe, that hasn't happened so far in mass. But if it does, we can help. Fake, fake book will have contributed to that by suppressing even facts. If James O'Keefe's report is right, he says, even if you put facts up there, fake book is going to use their algorithm to allegedly suppress what you're saying, even if they're facts. Look who they're learning from. Check out this Business Insider article. Who's fake book learning from? Of course, the Chinese Communist Party. Fake book. Uh, I mean, did they read this article at Business Insider? They sit around a round table and go, this sounds like a great idea. Business Insider. China's social credit system ranks citizens and punishes them with throttled internet speeds and flight bans if the Communist Party deems them untrustworthy. I'm asking you very seriously, what's the difference between a government doing it Social scoring people based on opinions they don't approve of and fake book, which has effective, effectively the de facto power of a government. Ladies and gentlemen, what's the difference? I'll wait. Anyone? Anyone have a suggestion about what the difference is? This answers the question I've asked many times on the show. How is it that liberals are just finding things out now that you and I have known for, you know, commonsensically for the longest of times? Defund the police? That could lead to a crime problem. Coronavirus may have leaked from a lab. Liberals are just finding this out today. Let me get to my second sponsor on the way back. It's not just politicians contributing to this alternate universe they live in. It's not just fake book contributing. It's the media as well. They've opened the floodgates to this vortex of stupid we're all living in right now. Folks, many state and local governments have used the coronavirus to trample on our constitutional rights, simultaneously defunding law enforcement while the mob and dangerous criminals roam free. That's why iTarget was invented, to give law-abiding citizens a cost-effective way to train in the safety and privacy of their own homes. No more inconvenient trips to the range, no more expensive practice ammo. Just download iTarget's proprietary app, load the laser round into your firearm, and start training right away iTarget Pro comes in all major calibers, including 223 for your AR, so you can stay sharper than almost any, any firearm. Ladies and gentlemen, ammo is really expensive now. It's hard to get to the range sometimes. Some of them are closed. It's the best way to practice in your house. I get tons of great feedback on this product. Today, you can save 10%, plus get free shipping with the offer code DAN at checkout when you go to iTargetPro.com. It's the smartest way to practice. Just drop that laser around, and the firearm you have now comes with an app, the target right there. Put it right ahead. You can dry fire away, practice, and get sharp with that firearm. Pays for itself in just one day. That's the letter itargetpro.com, itargetpro.com, offer code Dan, itargetpro.com, offer code Dan. Thanks, itarget. We appreciate it. By the way, thank you for your listenership yesterday. Before I get back to the piece on my radio show, I deeply appreciate it. Um, If the radio show is not on in your local market, you have to contact your radio station and ask for show. That's the way this process works. I'm just learning radio, too, with you folks. It's totally different than the digital podcasting space. Uh, there are program directors at radio stations, all good guys, women have been running the operation for years. But they need to know what the audience thinks. You want to hear the show? Give them a ring. Send them an email. Tweet to them. Parlor to them. Uh, Facebook to them. That's the way to do it. And uh, and you'll hear it's, we were on in, in quite a few markets, and you can check us out at Bongino.com, or you can listen uh, listen live there as well, which is why my website crashed yesterday. Sorry, sorry about that. I didn't expect 250,000 people to listen at one time. Thank you for the support. We fixed it today. We'll be good today, I promise you. All right. So how does the media contribute to this alternate reality? Well, let's go back and diagnose diagnose an autopsy this situation so we all understand how we got here so it doesn't happen again. We can and hopefully prevent some of this. Well, the New York Times opened up the floodgates to how the media contributes to this bizarro world we're living in right now. Remember this article back from 2016 by Jim Rutenberg? Trump is testing the norms of objectivity in journalism. Ladies and gentlemen, the headline alone is bizarre. There are no norms of objectivity. 
objectivity is its own. It doesn't need a norm. Is it? Joe, does this make sense? Am I being confusing? Hmm. Objectivity doesn't need a norm. If you're being objective about a set of facts, very simple facts, let's keep it super simple. Five plus five equals 10. Can everyone on the show agree that's a fact, just so we're clear? Yes, I mean, it there is. are some people listening who may be confused. Mm-hmm. Everybody good, Joe? Okay, everybody's good. There's no norm about being objective about facts. Objectivity is its own reward. It doesn't need a norm. We have an objective norm. It, it equal, even if it's not a, what do you say? Five plus five doesn't equal 10 because we're not following the norm of, obje- it doesn't matter. Objectivity, objectivity means you're analyzing a set of facts and data points and reporting on them as they are, not as you think they should be. The New York Times questioned that when Trump got elected back in 2016. This opened the floodgates to the whole thing. And it it kind of gave them, because the New York Times is the, you know, paper of record, the old gray lady. It put kind of an imprimatur on the whole media apparatus to go and attack Donald Trump from day one. He hadn't even, even been, this is from 2016. He wasn't even sworn into office yet. It opened the floodgates by implying it was okay to let emotions dictate your analysis of facts on the ground. Here's a quote from the New York Times piece. It says, uh, but the question that everyone is grappling with is, do normal standards apply? Talking about the Trump. And if they don't, what should take their place? Again, objectivity is not a normal standard. It's just the standard. And if objectivity is not your goal and you're not going to analyze five plus five equals equals 10 with an objective mind and you're going to let your emotions dictate how you discuss what five plus five equal, then ladies and gentlemen, you're not doing journalism. That's not journalism. That's opinion and a stupid one at that. You get what I'm saying? There is no norm around five plus five equals 10. The Times telling you, oh, you know what? Let your emotions decide what five plus five equals. It doesn't work that way. How is that relevant to what went on yesterday with the now explosive story that we may have known the entire time? One of the deadliest viruses we've seen in a long time for older folks, coronavirus. For young and healthy, thankfully, it's not nearly as deadly. But it's killed a lot of people. It's caused mass carnage, economic disruption, loss of big R, God-given rights. It's been a disaster. I'd make the case strongly that the public health disaster has only been equaled by the public policy disaster. Showing you again how the media use their emotions to color how facts on the ground could have dictated their objective reporting on a story. Hey, guys, maybe we should look at this Wuhan lab leak theory. They didn't. They let their emotions get in the way because they hated Donald Trump. Alex Berenson made this point on Fox and Friends. It was this morning or yesterday in an absolutely terrific piece where he says, listen, this whole Wuhan lab leak was in front of our faces the whole time. The only reason the media didn't pick up on it was because Trump suggested it. That's the only reason. That is insane, but true. Check this out. Uh, yes, we've got half a million dead Americans, and more to, more to the point, this may still be happening in other labs in China, elsewhere around the world. We need to know about this gain-of-function research, uh, and it's dangerous, and this, you know, this can never happen again. And the road to it never happening again starts with understanding how it happened this time. And by the way, it is quite, it was clear, you know, Senator Tom Cotton last year wrote an op-ed about this, or, or, or uh, you know, spoke about this and was slammed about it. You know, it's, it seems incredibly clear to me that once Donald Trump mentioned the possibility that this could have come from a lab, the entire media, you know, with the exception of Fox and a few other places, decided that he had to be wrong and it had right. to be conspiracy theory. And that was just an absolute mistake. It was a travesty. Bingo. Bingo, Alex Berenson. Throw an extra in there. Very nice. The media decided their emotions were going to color their analysis of a simple math problem. In this case, the problem wasn't math. I used the math analogy before. No need to beat that to death. But there was a simple problem. We had a virus that erupted out of Wuhan, China, 
where there's a lab that studies viruses like the virus that erupted out of Wuhan, China. Any sane media person that had an objective norm with the dreaded air quotes would have said, wow, that's a major, major story. But they let their emotions get in the way because the New York Times opened up the floodgates in 2016. Hey, should we report on Trump honestly or should we just lie about Trump because we don't like him? And apparently they decided lying was a better approach. And Berenson says it right. If Donald Trump would have never mentioned that this virus came out of a lab or could have come out of a lab in Wuhan, China, I can almost guarantee you the media would have done stories on it. But they didn't because they're emotional about Donald Trump. And therefore, they contribute to an alternate reality liberals live in where still to this day, liberals on social media and elsewhere, if you dare mention the lab leak theory that seems almost certain at this point, Liberals will respond back on social media because they don't know anything. And what they know is wrong. Respond, that's a conspiracy theory. Because they don't know anything. We're living in a divided country because one half believes in things that aren't true. Here's the Chicago Tribune sounding the alarm. John Cass, who does good pieces over there, back in 2017. Harvard study, media has been largely negative on Trump. Folks, I used this article from 2017 to show you this is not a new problem. The media from the beginning, the New York Times and others, Cass points out that the media coverage has been 93% negative. That the media is not interested in objective norms. They're interested in emotional arguments against Trump, even if people have to die. And they have. Children shot in Minneapolis. Children, after this defund the police push, the media fed into with their lies. People dying from the coronavirus still because we can't get China to admit what we likely know right now, that they built this thing and launched it on the world. Then they pull another tactic. But take a quick break. On the other side of this break, I'm going to get to this other tactic, how the media contributes to this alternate reality. They'll admit the truth. Remember this one? Guys, I've been talking about this forever, right? Joe, how long have we been talking about this? They'll admit the truth only when there's no penalty for them. The media will <laughs> finally come around after the fact. They, they've blown the biggest stories of our time, coronavirus origin and the collusion hoax. They've blown the two biggest stories of it. They've blown a lot more. Those are just the two biggest ones, Okay. They've screwed up the two biggest stories of our time. They'll, and they'll come back later and try to rewrite it. I'll show you in a minute. They'll actually stealth edit stuff and rewrite it later when the political penalty to their political opponents has been enacted. It doesn't matter. For a year, they told you Trump colluded with the Russians. Now that people believe it, later on, they'll be like, there'll be a, there'll be a line in, in font 000006. Uh, we were just kidding about Donald Trump colluding with the Russians. Now there'll be stealth edits on the Wuhan lab theory. Um, yeah, now we're not so sure it didn't leak from a lab. Then they'll tell you the truth about Ron DeSantis in Florida. Say, yeah, Ron DeSantis did a good job. But they'll only tell you now after they attacked Ron DeSantis and enacted a political penalty. <sighs> Today's show brought to you by Teeter. Hey, with a Teeter inversion table, you can use gravity and your own body weight to decompress your spine and relieve pressure on your discs and surrounding nerves. Decompressing on a Teeter inversion table for a few minutes a day is a great addition to anyone's daily routine. It helps me maintain a healthy back and joints as well. I invert every day, sometimes twice a day. I do it before the show. I really enjoy it, ladies and gentlemen. I get kind of a teeter rush out of it. I like it. When I get up, I feel like a new man. It decompresses my spine. You can pick the level, too. You may be comfortable with a 45. I like to just go vertical completely, but that's up to you. It's super easy to use. Good for my shoulders, too. Some products I use regularly, some I don't. I did my homework. That's why we had Teeter. I was more than happy to sponsor with them because I've always wanted an inversion table from Teeter. Three million other people put their trust in Teeter, too. They've been the best-known name and inversion table since 1981. For Bongino Show listeners only, you can get this later teeter, latest Teeter Fit Spine Inversion Table with bonus accessories. You get the Stretch Max handles, helps you lengthen out your spine, push a little bit into that. An easy-reach ankle system for $100 off. Teeter Inversion Tables have thousands of reviews on Amazon with a 4.7-star rating. With this exclusive deal, you'll get $100 off when you go to the website. Teeter.com slash Dan. Teeter.com slash Dan. T-E-E-T-E-R.com slash Dan. Thanks, Teeter. It is a great product. I really love it. So here's the other tactic by the media. Once they contribute to the alternate universe live in, uh, people live in, where Ron DeSantis is the worst governor in the country, and they get trending on Twitter, things like, Death Santis. 
Once that's ingrained in the liberal mind, because he'll never go back and do homework again. Liberals take things at face value. They read tweets and that's it. They don't actually read articles. So now they believe police are public enemy number one, defunding the police will work. The coronavirus didn't come from a lab. They believe all kinds of things that aren't true. They also believe Ron DeSantis was the worst governor in the country with his COVID response. Why? Because the media told him that. Now that the data is coming out, we're finding out, my gosh, Florida did really well. The death rate per capita, deaths overall. Florida, it was still a tragedy down here, but Florida did quite well. Their economy, their unemployment rate is low. Jobs are coming back to Florida. And what is it, 250,000 people in the last couple of years have relocated to Florida? Now the media is realizing, holy Moses, we got a problem. What's the problem? The facts we were supposed to report, you know, dead children, coronavirus, Wuhan lab thing. The facts we were supposed don't comport with the narrative we told people to get them to live in the alternate reality. So how do we go back and correct that? I got an idea. Let's write articles now. Now that the public already thinks DeSantis sucks, let's write articles about it. Oh, you know what? DeSantis may have not been so bad. You, you think I'm messing, this? I'm messing with you? Check out the newsletter today. This article will be there. Lawrence Richard, Washington Examiner. Bloomberg colonist, a uh, columnist, excuse me, not a colonist. DeSantis is the, quote, pandemic winner, despite being vilified in the media. Little late for that. You notice what the media does. They wait to do maximum damage. DeSantis is the worst. Death Santis. DeSantis is terrible. The DeSantis' record is awful. None of that was true. Do you understand they knew the entire time none of this was true? They had the death rates. They had the death rates per capita. They had the daily infections. And what did they do? They pumped out misinformation. Remember the fake whistleblower in Florida? That uh, they made me manipulate data. The story was a total lie. It's been entirely discredited. The media doesn't care. They contributed to the alternate reality where a conservative Republican governor, beloved by many, Ron DeSantis, was killing people. Now that that concrete is hardened, and dopey liberals believe that, now all of a sudden they have to start to backtrack. Why are they doing that? They're doing it because they want to say later on, no, 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 we told the truth about DeSantis. Look at my article. You mean your article from Tuesday, May 25th, after the pandemic had largely ebbed? I wrote down today, the media will admit the truth, but only when the truth is useless. Maybe it would have helped to celebrate what Ron DeSantis was doing. Not celebrate, it was still a deadly virus, but acknowledge is probably a more appropriate, precise word for the circumstances. Maybe it would have been more appropriate to acknowledge the work Ron DeSantis was doing during the pandemic to maintain jobs to maintain people's livelihoods while also combating this deadly virus. Why would that truth have been useful during the outbreak and the worst parts of it? Because then other governors would have seen, wow, the media is telling us this story. It seems Ron DeSantis is doing something right. Maybe I'd like to emulate that, but that, that's, not, that's not what they did. They attacked Ron DeSantis brutally. That's Santis. DeSantis is killing people. So what did governors do? Oh, my gosh, the media is saying DeSantis is wrong. We better not do what he's doing. And they did other stuff, which got people killed, like what happened in New York and New Jersey. This alternate reality you're living in is getting people killed. It's a stain on our country. It's a stain on our constitutional republic. It's a grotesque abomination to our entire country that this is allowed to continue by liberals who live in an alternate universe who refuse to call out their media masters. So not only will they tell you the truth when the truth is useless, they did that, by the way, I grew up in New York. Um, they'll do it with candidates and stuff, too. The media eventually had to admit nationally that Jimmy Carter was a terrible president on the national level, because he was. We had the malaise, and Ronald Reagan was so good. The media didn't have a choice. So what did they do? They waited till Carter was out of office you know, like 20 years before they were like, eh, Carter wasn't really a good president. Because they have to. They don't want to be embarrassed by saying something that's not true. So they celebrated Carter when he was in office and doing crappy stuff. And then when he gets out, they celebrate him. But in New York, they did the same thing. I'll never forget David Dinkins, mayor of New York City. Terrible. One of the worst mayors we ever had. City decayed into total chaos. Car break-ins, murders, homicides, gang wars. I lived it. I remember. I was here. You're not going to tell me it didn't happen. The media every day protected David Dinkins every day because he was a liberal, a liberal Democrat, huge liberal, protected him every day. 
Finally, Giuliani gets into office and acts conservative policies, cleans up the whole city. And it was only years after Giuliani, when there was no penalty and the truth was useless, Dinkins was long gone, that the media finally admitted David Dinkins really sucked as mayor. They're trying it now. Hat tip Paul G on Twitter, at Paul G. Picked out this little gem. Look at these stealth edits by left-leaning rag Vox with a V, not Fox. Vox with a V. Vox is a left-leaning uh, buffoon site. I don't even know how to describe it. Uh, uh, what do you, like a tabloidy thing? It's, it's kind of a joke. It's, you know, they, they, they promote a bunch of joke conspiracy theories on there. But leftists love it because, again, they live in an alternate universe. Here's Vox trying to go back. You know what a stealth edit is, folks? You ever heard of this? A stealth edit is when you go back and edit articles you wrote in the past and you don't tell people there was a correction to the article. It's called a stealth edit. Pretty simple, right? Here's Vox trying to go back and rewrite its history on their dreadful coverage of the lab leak hypothesis, which looks like that lab leak reality now. Look what they changed. You can see this at, if you go to rumble.com slash Bongino, please subscribe. You can watch it on video. They changed the line about, uh, it says, but already virologists who've passed the genome, uh, parsed the genome and infectious disease experts who study coronaviruses have more than enough evidence to show that the virus is brand new and came from nature. So Vox back then was writing lab leak hypothesis, total BS. These scientists have more than enough evidence to show it came from nature. They changed it. They didn't tell anybody to change it. They changed, have more than enough evidence to, these, these scientists say they have enough evidence. That's interesting. Have more than enough evidence to say they have enough evidence. That's not it. The end of the sentence, they said that the virus is brand new and came from nature and not from the Wuhan lab. You know what they changed that to? Nothing. They deleted not from the Wuhan lab. You can see it right here. I, uh, I sent it out um, on uh, social media this morning too, so you can see it. So Vox says it didn't come from the Wuhan lab, deletes that, doesn't tell anyone. Really weird, right? Here's another line they changed. The emergence of the virus in the same city as China's only level four biosafety lab, it turns out, is pure coincidence. <laughs> they changed is to appears to be pure coincidence. Didn't tell anyone. Now you know why liberals live in an alternate reality? Because they'll go back. Here's the crazy thing. When you say things to them like, you live in an alternate reality because you've been lied to by Vox, they'll be like, I wasn't lied to by Vox. Look, I'm pulling up the Vox article now. And Vox never said it, it didn't come from the Wuhan lab. No, of course, because they deleted it and didn't tell you. And you're too dopey to figure it out. How do fact checkers contribute to this? Hat tip uh, Media Research Center. Here's a killer piece by the Media Research Center. They put together about a minute long. How the fact checkers spent, what, four years annihilating every single Trump press secretary. Sarah Huckabee Sanders says, fact checking every and, if, but, or, the, whatever object of a sentence they said. They would fact check everything. So you'd say if they were really fact checkers, they should be checking facts, right? On Jen Psaki, Biden's press secretary, too. Well, let's see. How many fact checks are they doing on Jen Psaki? Check this video out. How hard are fact checkers hitting the president's press secretary? President Trump's longest-serving press secretary was Sarah Huckabee Sanders. She had a page on PolitiFact before she'd even held her own press briefing. By comparison, the PolitiFact page for Jen Psaki, Biden's press secretary, doesn't exist. As of May 15, 2021, she still doesn't have one. That's selection bias. From Snopes, did Biden forget Defense Secretary Austin's name? And I want to thank the, the, the uh, former general, I keep calling him general, but my my uh the guy who runs that outfit over there uh i want to make sure we thank the secretary so yes he failed to recall the defense secretary's name and instead referred to him as that guy who runs things over there snopes rating mixture quote it's unclear whether biden literally forgot his defense secretary's name at that moment or whether for example he got stuck doing an extended folksy ad lib after initially tripping over his words come on man Come on. This is how fact checkers contribute to the alternate universe liberals live in. All right, I want to get to the clips. I'm sorry, I would have played them. I should, probably should have just played them in the beginning. I don't like to tease you with stuff. Hey, check this out at the end. Let me get to my last sponsor. I want to play some cuts 
from the incredible interview, uh, President Trump, he's always great. He was on my radio show yesterday. Um, I really appreciate, again, everything you guys and ladies did to support the show. Blew up yesterday. Don't miss it again today. Of course, we haven't fired me yet. We'll be back again today, which is really terrific. Um, last sponsor today, good sponsor. We appreciate your patience, of course. Parents, listen up. Here's what's being taught at some public schools. There's no difference between boys and girls, critical race theory, and that math is racist. Hmm? Social justice is more important now than reading and writing. And thanks to Biden, teachers unions just got tens of billions in COVID cash to push all of this public school classroom nonsense into your kids. You want this for your kids? Of course you don't. That's why you need to consider Freedom Project Academy. Unlike public schools, Freedom Project Academy has perfect, perfected live online learning for more than a decade. They've been doing this for a long time. It's built on Judeo-Christian values and a classical curriculum. Freedom Project Academy is dedicated to providing mastery of subject matter, not leftist junk propaganda. How do you get information on this? Go to Freedom For, that's F-O-R, freedomforschool.com. That's freedomforschool.com to request your free information packet today. Don't wait. There's a reason the average high school graduate is entering college reading at a seventh grade level. It's embarrassing. Don't let your child be dumbed down. Go to freedomforschool.com and get your child a real education today from Freedom Project Academy. Go to freedomforschool.com for information, freedomforschool.com. Thank you, Freedom Project Academy. Okay, so we broke some news yesterday on the radio show. We picked up everywhere. There's this thing out there, folks, pretty pretty cool, called Meltwater, and it basically puts together all your media mentions. Now, we're in the media, so we have, it's like an aggregator of, Dan Bongino stuff or whatever, Hannity stuff or Levin, whatever you want to put in there. And the I didn't tell you this. I usually give him the number every morning. So the previous high I'd seen on Meltwater for mentions of the show, bon, Bongino is my last name, obviously, so we put it in there, was 2,500. And today, wait, let me see if I can pull this up. This is hilarious, folks. Goes to show you how, like, you really melted the internet down yesterday. Meltwater. <laughs> Look at that. 10,533 new results. That's you. Because you're awesome. And you're the best audience in the business. And why? Because President Trump was on. So I asked him about the Wuhan lab leak um, hypothesis. And I said, hey, listen, you warned us that this was probably real a while, a while ago. And, and they basically ignored you and made fun of you. Did you. Do you think it came from a lab? Check out his answer here. Yeah, now, I have a true. clip I'm going to play for the audience when you're done of you warning us basically about six, seven months ago, that there's a strong potential. Here you go. I'm sorry I missed that. That this may have come from a lab. You knew back then, you warned yep. us, and these idiots yeah. in the media ignored us. And our country Your used to pay for it. this stuff, too. And I ended it. But our country used to pay for it. I also would say when uh, there was a, an attack of certain types, I would say long before the news wanted to print it, that was radical Islam. I said that was a radical Islamic attack when they attacked somebody or some place or the, ran into people with a car or lots of other bad things. And they'd say terrible that he would do it without the facts. But I was 21 for 21. I was right, 21 for 21. But uh, they don't like talking about that stuff. But no, it came from the lab. I have, I have very little doubt, and I mean very, very little doubt, came from the lab. By the way, if you'd like to uh, watch the video of my radio show, you can subscribe to Fox Nation. I'd appreciate that. It's going to be live every day, 12 noon to 3 Eastern. So uh, we appreciate that they did very well yesterday. Again, you all are really great. But there you go. Um, he was the president of the United States. Obviously, as the commander in chief, he's privy to information you and I are not. Um, and shockingly to the media, to the media uh, as well. The media doesn't get the information the president does, although they think they're smarter than him. Uh, he seems to beat them all the time. Collusion's fake. The lab leak theory is probably real. He seems to beat them all the time at their own game, which is supposed to be the facts. I asked him also about the UFO thing. You know, I'm, I'm fascinated by UFO. I get it. I know this is a 50-50 thing, and I love my audience, but I don't want to disregard 50% of you. 50% of you think it's a distraction. 50% of you think it's the biggest story of all time. We have this Pentagon report coming out soon about UFOs. I got to tell you, this kind of put me at ease. I asked the president about UFOs. He obviously was the commander in chief. Again, privy to information we're not. And um, I've asked him this kind of before, so I, I knew the answer, but I wanted you to hear it. Here's his answer on, hey, is this UFO thing something we should worry about? Check this out. Um, just quickly, is there, is there something the government's not telling us about this UFO thing? 
I'm a little concerned here. I mean, you are the president. Well, Barack I, Obama I, is speaking think, out now. Let's just keep going along the path. I'm uh, I'm sort of uh, a believer in what you see. It's uh, but there are a lot of people out there. They're they're into that. I get that so <laughs> yeah. much. Is it true, sir? Is it true? Right. I guess I'm sort of. <laughs> I know. Uh, I have asked you. Maybe not such a believer, but. But some people are, so I don't want to. I, I don't want to hurt their dreams or their fears. It uh, could be fears more than all dreams. Right. All right, good enough. He is the president. I, I have asked him about that before, and I know other people do too. He's not kidding. Listen, I'm not named Jeff. Look at me, friends with the president. Who cares? Who cares? He's a great guy. I just love the guy. We have become friendly. He's a good man. He's a very good guy. And in, in, when you're in person with him, alone around people. He's just a good guy. And he has said that before to me a couple times, that that's the question he gets almost more often than any other question. Hey, is this UFO thing real? That's his answer. I'm just telling you what he said. All right, here's the final question, one of the most important ones. I asked him again about 2024. I think the answer is going to make you very happy. Why would I say that? Because President Trump told me, that his answer, if he's going to run in 2024, would make this good logic would make me happy. And I have a subtle kind of hint here feeling that if it makes me happy, make you happy, too. It's like a happy chain. Check this out. I know you've been asked a thousand times. Forgive me, but I have to ask, where are we with 2024? You, we, we, we need you, man. We need you <laughs> big time. You, you thinking about it? Are you leaning one way? We'd love to hear it. Well, I'll tell you what. We are going to make you very happy, and we're going to do what's right. And we've done a great job for the country. We rebuilt our military and had the greatest economy ever twice. You know, we rebuilt it, and the world collapsed with – the whole world collapsed with it. And then we built it again with the stock market was higher than it was even the first time. Uh, but we're going to do the right thing. Well, that makes me happy. And I assume that would make you happy unless you're a liberal. Of course, I think he's running again, folks. I, I, I do. I know there's been a lot of media report. He's not going to run. He's just saying, I, I don't buy it. I'm sorry. I just don't buy it. There's some good news for you. I would really, really, that would make me very happy. I would really appreciate him doing that. He's listening today. So there's some, there are some of the highlights. Again, if you want to check it out, you check out Fox Nation. And please listen on radio stations live all across the country. Really sincerely appreciate your support. Can't say that enough. Folks, I want to end the show today on this story. You know what? And then we'll do Ron DeSantis strikes again. We're going to skip ahead. So we'll do this story here you have up on the screen. Because I can see it before you, folks. Then we'll do De DeSantis strikes again. I almost said Desnatus there. Again, after the... <laughs> after the CPAC thing where they spelled his name wrong in a poll. Ron Desnatis. I'm like, who's Desnatis? Is he running against DeSantis? Because DeSantis is really great. Sitting there again, my gym this morning, my house working out. Today's deadlift day, which at 5.30 in the morning really sucks. Sorry, but got to do it. Tough it out. No whining. Cutesy time is over. And I'm thinking to myself, yeah, we know liberals live in an alternate reality. You said that. But do you remember the story about the pangolin? How the coronavirus, which we now know, likely leaked from a Chinese research lab. Remember the story that they, that the Chinese were making bat soup and they may have eaten a bat or a pangolin. And that's how the virus jumped from bats and pangolins to humans. Do you remember this story? Well, when that story got out, the media jumped all over it and said, oh, my gosh, you racist, conservative Republican losers accusing Chinese folks, men and women of eating things you don't find appetizing. You're such racists and xenophobes. It's so horrible. Remember the Here, look at me. Here's foreign policy. They were very upset at this. James Palmer, he was a deputy editor, apparently a very serious man. Don't blame bat soup for the coronavirus. These racist memes target Chinese eating habits. But the real causes of the virus are more mundane. Thank you, James. What a great analysis, James. Do you believe this? Think about this now in context of what we now know about the lab leak being very likely. Think about this, right? Here's a guy from foreign policy in the media promoting what is clearly Chinese propaganda. Follow me. This did not come from the lab. This is China. The Chinese Communist Party are all sitting around at a table. This did not come from our lab. Wink and not. 
It came from a dude eating a bat. Go tell those stupid American media people this and foreign policy people. They'll buy it. So what do they do? They pick up the story. No, it jumped from bat soup to human. Um, someone in China ate bat soup. So that's how. So I don't know. Some guy on Twitter is probably like, wow, I'm not really digging bat soup. That sounds kind of gross to eat, which to me it does. It's not racist. I just don't like bat soup. You may not like poached eggs, whatever. It's just something I don't like to eat. So all of a sudden, what happens then? The media, while they're promoting the Chinese propaganda that it was bat soup, then goes on to blame racist Americans for talking about the bat soup. <laughs> this is classic. Think, am I not right? Am I not right? Joe, is this not a good Am I crazy? I'm sitting there. I'm not messing with you. I'm doing my deadlift thing this morning. Socking it up, no whining, and I'm like, is this real? The Chinese Communist Party tells the media, which they dutifully take their instructions, go out and report we ate a bat. They report about people eating bats. Other people are like, oh, that's kind of gross. I don't eat bats. And they're like, you guys are racist, totally racist for saying you shouldn't eat bats. This is this is, this is the American media and the foreign policy of Sir James Palmer. Here was CNN, an alleged news network on their own Twitter account, May of last year, when this thing was raging. Actually quoting Chinese propagandists. This is not a joke. This is a real tweet. CNN, blue checkmark account, May 2020. Quote, we urge the U.S. to stop spreading disinformation. <laughs> China says recent accusations by the Trump administration that the pandemic originated in a lab in Wuhan or a political strategy for Republicans ahead of the 2020 election. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is astonishing. The Chinese Communist Party orders their media bootlicking acolyte sycophants to go, go forth and report the story it came from a bat. And then the Chinese Communist Party, when they report that story, says to them, and by the way, if anyone even dares to comment how they don't like eating bats, make sure you use identity politics to call people racist for calling out people for eating bats. And they did it. And they did it. It's just amazing. These people. Joe, I, I know we're talking about China. Do you have the Soviet line opener? Yeah, well, I need that right now. Please, yeah, if you yeah, would sure. do that. I know I, we're, yeah. we're beating this thing up, but they deserve it. <laughs> <laughs> every time they go to the newsrooms in the morning i said to some on the show last week and i got an email from one of my listeners i said they report to the newsroom every morning at 8 30 in the morning and they're like you know the soviet national them they pop to attention the media fake book youtube and others right and a guy emailed me hilariously dan these lazy bums don't get in there at 8 30 in the morning what are you kidding me that doesn't happen till at least 11 that not my words there's you may be right. I don't know. They're words, not mine. I ca <laughs> All right. Last story, quick. Uh, if you would, cue up. Ron DeSantis strikes again. <laughs> the best graphic. Yeah. Nice job. That's funny. We love Ron DeSantis. Here is Ron DeSantis yesterday at a press conference where he has declared war on big tech censorship. And I'm leaving in the applause and the standing O at the end because I just love Ron DeSantis and I want you to hear it. Here's a goofball in the media going, hey, listen, why are you attacking big tech? Are you helping Donald Trump? Here's his answer. Check this out. I have to be able to do it. Yes, ma'am. Governor, hi. Uh, I want to ask you about the bill that you're signing here today. Um, uh, you're a loyal supporter of former President Donald Trump. Uh, first, uh, Donald Trump is now a resident in Florida, and he was deplatformed. Is this bill for him? The bill is for everyday Floridians, is what we said, um, and it will allow any Floridian to be able to um, to provide uh, what, what they're doing. So, um, But I think, I mean, I do think that's another issue that, that has been brought to bear. When you deplatform the President of the United States, but you let Ayatollah Khomeini talk about killing Jews, that is wrong. Ron DeSantis strikes again. Gosh, it's great to live in Florida right now.
Watch that on video. It's even better. You see the standing O. Rumble.com slash Bongino. Folks, thanks again for tuning in. I really appreciate it. Set your DVRs June 5th. My Fox News show on the Fox News channel starts. My Fox Nation show, radio show video is available right now. Make sure you listen to the radio show today. We got about a, uh, an hour to go until we start recording. So check that out. Thanks for tuning in. Really appreciate it. See you all tomorrow. You just heard Dan Bongino.